and welcome to Money Live News and Views. I'm Devashish Pas. Last week, Bloomberg reported that India is pre- preparing to overhaul its direct taxes, by which it is going to charge capital gains much more. And this is designed to help Prime Minister Narendra Modi reduce inequality. Now, already in the recent budget, the government has changed the way debt mutual funds are taxed, making it taxable at the normal rates. But it wants to do more. For instance, certain certain assets such as stocks are taxed. The capital gains on stock transactions are taxed at a lower rate, while most of us pay taxes at 25-30%. Now, this is designed, this is not progressive, the taxing of let's say stock transactions at a lower rate and goes against the principle of equity, says a source who remained anonymous. When the article first appeared, there was a lot of consternation all around and the government then quickly backtracked. But according to me, the genie is out of the bottle. The government has prepared us. It is now just a matter of time before long-term capital gains will be, as they call it, rationalized. Now, the question is, will reducing, will taxing the rich or let's say taxing long-term capital gains more, will will it reduce inequality? Now, the problem is that the people are not getting rich because of lower tax rates. People are getting rich because of mind-boggling corruption, opaque rules, regulatory failures, weak institutions and gaming the system all around. It could well be that we need to tinker with tax rates. I'm not getting into that issue at all. But that should be the least of our priorities if we want to fix incoming inequality, which seems to be the objective. Now, why am I saying this? Look at these numbers. In a parliamentary question on December 21st, the government disclosed that its revenue was earned from long-term capital gains for the assessment year 2021 was just 5,311 crore. Now, the money raised through higher capital gains tax were hardly hardly anything in comparison with hold your breath, the amount of expenditure that we do, which is 41.9 lakh crore. And the revenue receipts for that is 24.4 lakh crore. The government essentially runs on a lot of expenditure and a lot of borrowing. It also, the small amount of capital gains tax is also pales in comparison with the enormous resources wasted across central and state governments through ineffective schemes and plain old corruption, which has continued unabated no matter what kind of regime you've had. Remember also that 31% of government expenditure is nothing other than salaries and interest rates. And we are talking about a few thousand crores here and there. So tinkering with Capital gains tax cannot yield much to make any difference to anybody. Perhaps, so what is the objective? Perhaps the government is looking for a Garibi Hatao kind of slogan to win votes in the next elections, which is due next year. Higher capital gains tax serves to burnish the government's image of pro-poor and anti-rich and rather show the rich the right place. It will be like the magic of demonetization which did not reduce income inequality, root out corruption, or teach the rich any lessons. This is all stated objectives of demonetization. Although it was enthusiastically supported by the otherwise economically intelligent and literate people through clever slogans, memes, and anecdotes. Now, 
if the Bloomberg report was a trial balloon, which the Ministry of Finance has quickly shot it down, it shows that the Modi regime is circumspect about how the rich will react when actual capital gains taxes are changed. But my view is that it need not fear because people in capital markets at least have shown an incredible capacity to suffer pain and discomfort, whether in their daily lives or on shock uh, decisions like demonetizations. And they remain convinced that all problems India is facing is temporary and we are confidently marching towards a $5 trillion economy very soon. There is, however, one flaw in that assumption. India cannot become an economic superpower or $5 trillion economy or reduce income inequality in the absence of strong institutions and we do not have those. And what is the result? To become economically prosperous, forget about becoming an economic superpower, what is required is economic growth, but that is not enough. That growth needs to be sustainable for a long period of time in an environment of low inflation and low interest rates. Now, when is low interest rates low and low inflation possible? It is possible only when the economy can adapt to shocks and changes, which in turn is possible only through responsive, responsive rules, systems and strong institutions. Otherwise, growth will stall and the majority of people will not benefit from what, whatever the headline growth may be talking about. Now, this is not a conjecture. This, uh, these are facts based on our own recent history. This is exactly what happened during all our previous growth, strong growth periods. In the mid-90s, mid-80s, mid-90s, mid-2000 and again in period of 2010-2012. Each of these periods produced a few years of very phenomenal growth, headline grabbing numbers, and which quickly fizzled out without reducing income inequality. And why did this happen? It happened because the economy is inherently not strong. There are not enough strong structures or the economy is not adaptable. So those are the real issues. Now, remember the growth spurt of 1980s pushed India to, the, to a brink of default which is at one time India had just about two weeks of foreign exchange, two weeks of foreign exchange left for imports. The growth of mid 90s immediately generated high interest rate and high inflation period, completely making, negating whatever euphoria that people felt about liberalization. The growth of 2003 to 2007 was a little more strong and solid, but it showed up the weakness of the Indian economy the moment we faced what is called a global financial crisis. In 2010-12, the growth phase was goosed up by, by easy money, by the UPA regime, which brought upon us higher inflation and higher interest rates leading to a very short period of foreign exchange crisis in sometime in July-August 2013, when Mr. Raghuram Rajan just joined the RBI as the governor. Now, there's a pattern and the, there, there is a pattern and the reason for that pattern is a simple reason. The moment growth picks up, businessmen become bullish. Their actions set off a chain of higher demand, right? And accelerating demand and bullishness all around then brings, bring, makes the financial market go really bullish. So capital is available 
a plenty for growth and therefore we get into a period of capital misallocation as it's called but an institutionally weak economy full of hidden frictional costs of doing business cannot handle such a high high dem the demands of such a high growth period so what happens is that the supply does not come up if the supply does not come up inevitably you will have inflation if you will have inflation there is some election or the other that's going to come up during the high inflationary period the government hates inflation and therefore you will have to have high interest rates to dampen the inflation so from boom we quickly go into a bust why because the economy is not adaptive enough now only an economy that can quickly respond to higher demand by keeping inflation and interest rates moderate while ensuring continued growth will slowly succeed in spreading prosperity and reducing in income inequality all around this is what china has achieved throughout china's 30 years of growth beginning from 1980s china has had a period of low inflation never allowed inflation to go out of hand now just to give an example what happens on the ground if there is a boom there's going to be demand for a lot of hotel rooms let's say now will the hoteliers quickly be able to bring more rooms it into the market not quite because with scores of state and central government permissions required there is not a chance that there enough of supply will come on on that front so unfortunately this is a story about every industry so no government has done much to make our regulations fair transparent and our institutions accountable their actions in fact the government actions have been quite the opposite arbitrary unfair and unaccountable corruption is endemic as we know everywhere as long as these systemic weaknesses remain income inequality will be will keep widening and taxing the rich will fetch nothing well we'll probably fetch votes maybe that's the only objective thanks for watching and if you liked it please share and please to subscribe to this channel thank you